This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You guys are spoiled. You guys are lucky to have these guys. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Drew Brees has played pretty good for a long time. Passenger um, man in a small you know, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been MVP. Um, you know, he's thrown for millions of yards. So I think all those things kind of sum up what he does. We're reasonably healthy. Uh, individuals can get healthier. Got a handful of guys that'll be staying here and uh, trying to get healthiest um, this week. Whether they're going to sit in a deer stand or sit on the beach or uh, contemplate their navel. A chilly classic. Contemplate there are navel. there are quite a few of those uh, that are Zolgad. absolutely fantastic. Uh, vodka the size of your head was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's done. He's retiring. So, mm-hmm. by the way, is it what's Nagy? What's Nagy's first name? The the Chiefs offensive coordinator, who's now the Bears head coach. I just saw something come across Twitter. Yeah, Mike, isn't it? Mike Nagy. Is that right? Let's go with it. Bill, keep thinking of Chuck. Bill Might Nagy. Be Tommy. I keep thinking I of Chuck. Charles the Nagy. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy in uh, college last name Nagy. Nagy. So, I would say um, this is interesting. Before we get to the Childress thing. Apparently, the Colts were all in on hiring Nagy as well, who looks like Brad Childress. We were all wrong. It's Matt. Matt Nagy? <laughs> yes, that's his name. We had the first letter, right? <laughs> Close. But uh, uncertainty over Andrew Luck's health status pushed him to go to <laughs> Mitch Trubisky yes. and the Chicago Bears. So he he was flirting with the Indianapolis Colts, but... Is Luck possibly done, do you think? Like, this is I getting really... He's busy. not the first guy to have shoulder surgery. I know, but Cam he's Newton saying his luck has run out. Wow. You can show yourself off of that. <laughs> I might leave after Three that. Three more hours. Wow. Oh, you and Tyler. I might leave after that one. I, I'm just, it's interesting that this keeps dragging on and on and on. And so if ne- Negi turned down the job because of that, though, it would seem that they, they shared information that's got to be somewhat damning, right? Like if you were given, if, if you're an offensive guy. Well, what's your other selling point? If you're the Colts looking no, I know. to hire a coach, but what the I'm saying, only possible selling point you have is no, Andrew Luck's not dead. But it, my point is this. If you go and talk to the Colts about their job and they can and they can show you in black and white that that luck's going to be back, I don't know, take your pick. This summer, he'll be fine by this summer. Yeah. I think you jump on that job cuz he's a generational quarterback. Yeah. So my point is I wonder if they've gone d- down a path now where he might be done. Or there might be there's genuine concern think, he's I mean, done. I, I hope think, not. I mean, the guy, he's not 50, and he's not the first guy to have shoulder surgery. I know, but it is weird, is, though. This is taking is a weird. long time. He missed a, he, he missed an entire year when, when the owner said last March he'd be back by opening day. Yeah. Um, so Brad Childress, as a result of all these dominoes, Brad Childress, uh, the I thought, well, maybe he's going to step in and be Andy Reid's offensive coordinator again, but it, it's been announced that Brad Childress has retired. He did speak to a couple publications yesterday. And I think you and I have had a lot of arguments in four years now doing the show together. And um, where we are furthest apart, top five furthest apart, I don't think Brad Childress was Bud Grant by any means. He's not Bill Belichick. But people treat Brad Childress like one of the worst. They treat Brad Childress like Tim Brewster in this town. 
that he's just, oh my God, just this atrocious coach. Brad Childress brought this team with help from a great roster, but most teams that get to the NFC Championship game have great rosters, great quarterbacks. NFC Championship game, and his most, I think his most proud accomplishment should be winning a division 10 and 6 with Tavares Jackson and Gus Ferrat as his starting quarterbacks. So when I look back at the Brad Childress era, I think, you know what? Let's back off Chile. Underappreciated to some degree. He ain't Bill Belichick, but people rag on him so much, including you, vodka the size no, of your head, Zolgad. No, 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 no. You are you just because he blocked you, are you on selectively social media. Forget, on so, yeah, Brad Childress <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you are forgetting that that where our disagreement lied was in a very simple thing. I said he wouldn't get a second chance. That was my point. And he would have if he wouldn't have retired. His pro- I guess we'll never his, know. His, no, he wouldn't have. His proudest accomplishment, without a doubt, is very, very simple. Not being busted for tampering with Favre in 08. How the Vikings didn't get busted for tampering, I will never know. I mean, their fingerprints were all over that guy. And they didn't, and and they not only didn't get caught, they were investigated and exonerated. Yeah. So by the way, that's the, Childress's greatest Vikings accomplishment. Another thing to watch out for: if the Giants wind up with Bill Belichick in a month, they'll have tampered. Like we can pretty much safely oh, yeah. assume that, right? They'll have tampered. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now the reason why I, I have uh, two reasons to give you why Brad Childress did not get a second chance. The first is this. He was hired here because he came from Philadelphia, known for his his offensive abilities, right? He was one deemed to be an offensive guru type of guy who developed McNabb. And I believe he started in 99. He left the Badgers after 98. And I think he started in 99 as McNabb's quarterback's coach and, and was promoted to OC. The issue was Andy Reid... Never let him call plays. And Andy Reid has turned over play calling to everybody since then. Uh, Brad got here, called plays for for one year, and it basically didn't work. Down to the red flag on the Childress era play calling is, was it week three or four of the 2006 season? They're in Buffalo. At the end of a game, they're down. They're, they're within a touchdown. They're driving downfield. There's something like 10 seconds left. And Brad calls a pass play into the middle of the field. Uh, Only one problem. Uh, they called down from upstairs and said, Brad, there's there's no out, out of bounds on that play. That play is going to leave you in bounds. If he's tackled, the game is done unless he scores. And Brad said, I don't care. That was that was red flag one. The second reason why I don't think he got a chance again, and this is where where Zimmer gets credit. Brad came here in 06 um, thinking, I got to be Belichick. That first training camp in 06 was unbelievable. Two-a-days, two-a-days in full pads for something like seven straight days. The first practice Brad ever conducted in Mankato was in a driving rainstorm, and he brought them out in full pads and worked their butts off. Now, one time that's fine. That camp, though, he was basically that whole year was I am Belichick, and damn it, this is me. Yeah, it, and it, it led to a division inclu- title two inclu- years inclu- later. Including in 06. Inclu- including, it led to an NFC championship. It, wait, wait, wait. Including cutting Marcus Robinson on Christmas Eve. Oh, well, maybe he should have been a better wide receiver. Who, who cares about Marcus Robinson? 2007. 2000. What do you care about Marcus well, I'm Robinson? I'm not done with my story. My reasons why Brad Childress didn't get a second chance. Hold on a second here. So... 
Off-season 2006 into 7, he decides to surround himself that year with Dungey. And in 07, comes back and says, you know what? I've reinvented myself. I'm Dungey. And I remember the first training camp practice in I'm Mankato never going to blink now. In 07, wait, wait. The first training camp practice, he was basically trying to goof around with players <laughs> and in pursuit drills take part. Brad could never decide who he was. And he was an odd, quirky guy. Yes, I yes. Agree but with that. but but this is but this is why. If you want to know why he didn't get a second head coaching chance, that's why he's a quirky guy. But uh, I li- I liked is. him. But I he, really did like him. He, here's the thing, though: the Vikings' biggest problem offensively before Brett Favre arrived wasn't Brad Childress; it was personnel. They had Adrian Peterson. Now they did have a pretty good run blocking offensive line. I will give them that. They had a they had put together like Bryant McKinney was still there. Uh, Matt Burke for the first couple of years, and then John Sullivan, Steve Hutchinson. Seven-year contract, So they had the core right, and they had a great handoff running back in Adrian Peterson. They couldn't figure out, and now Brad Childress had influence in personnel. He was was basically that, yeah, de facto GM. But he was working, I mean, but that's to say that Rick Spielman had no influence. Rick Spielman was the draft guy before he was the GM and had influence as well. So sometimes we just, we blame one guy. They couldn't figure out quarterback and their wide receivers until Brett Favre made Sidney Rice a lot of money. Their best wide receivers were Bobby Wade, Travis Taylor, and like Bernard Berrien's first year after the free agent signing. Brad's devotion to uh, Tavares Jackson, who he took in the 2006 draft, I think with the last pick of the second round, and they made a trade with Pittsburgh, his devotion to Tavares Jackson became baffling. It wasn't that. I think I think you get caught so much up in the weeds of like the grind of the season Tavares Jackson didn't actually play that much with the Vikings. He played the majority of the 07 season, which they missed the playoffs. Right. And then he played maybe oh, they went five back. or six games in 08. Judd, he didn't, he he didn't, st- they, they were kind of done with him after two years. No, no. In 08, they, they benched him after, I believe, three games. Yeah, they brought him back to the playoffs. Brought him in, in for Rot. Trot was not good and then, either. Right, but hold on a second. Then Jackson goes to Arizona and has a great game against a Cardinals team that I think hadn't had clinched the division the week before, hadn't won a division since 1974, and didn't give a damn about the game. And Brad was convinced Tavares was back. You you would have given yourself. I don't care what Farrat stats say. Gus Farrat would have given you a better chance than Tavares Jackson. Do you remember it's the a good Asante, thing you don't care about what Gus Farrat stats were? Do you remember they were terrible. the? Do you re, do you recall the Asante Samuel pick in the playoff yes. game here? That was, in short, that was Tavares' career right there, in a nutshell. And the devotion to going back to him never made sense to anyone. Gus Farratt had a had a worse passer rating than Tavares Jackson's but career. 73.7, his last I year with the Vikings. I am telling you why Brad Childress didn't get a second bite at the head coaching apple. And, I, and I'm fine with that. But I want to ask Dave a question. Is Judd too close to the Childress fire that still burns? He might I have an be. objective opinion on Brad I, But I, li- I liked the guy. I... But you savage his coaching his coaching. I don't think I'm savaging abilities. him. I just saw enough to know what the problems were. He's very close, but it's like you always said about Richard Bettino, Phil. You were close, so maybe you knew things that the general public or other people in the media didn't know. I think Judd's a little bit too hard on shoulders. I might not be quite as high as you are, but I agree that he's probably a little bit hated more than he should be by Vikings fans, and that's because he was you know the boring guy, the uh, uh guy, the kick-ass uh, offense. But what didn't he start with like six wins, get it to eight wins, get it to ten wins? Yeah, and what is he? Mm-hmm. The two, he was the two win per year, uh, you know, raise him up guy for a few years, right? He was. Then, he was. Obviously, Brett came in and did his thing. The ability to get Bevel to to get Favre here was was his gr- 
greatest accomplishment easily. Mm-hmm. The ability to have a guy on, on his staff. Now, now I think Brad... You can't just get, give him a straight compliment. No, give I Brad think, Childress a straight compliment. Come on, he just retired yesterday. We're celebrating his career. Give him a straight compliment. Well, and keep in mind, I mean, you could give him credit for defense, too. Because they were pretty decent defense under Leslie Frazier as the defensive coordinator, obviously with Brad, the head coach. Uh, they were sort of told what system to, to install. Well, whatever it was, but I'm saying I'm sorry, Le- Leslie Frazier it. then took over the team and... Didn't exactly do well with the defense. So he was in true. charge so of everything. You, so you give no credit if someone hires a smart okay, how person. About this? You give no credit how about for this? this. I would say that's the most important how thing when this? it comes to leadership. I, w- I will. I will say that it's a credit to Brad that Brad went went out and after he was hired in 06, got Tomlin because Tomlin was an up and coming assistant mm-hmm. and very good. Spent one year here and was an outstanding coordinator who ultimately probably would have been the better choice to be head coach of the team at the time. So he hired great coordinators, found a way to get one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on this team through tampering without the NFL uh, coming down with any penalties, but he sucked. I didn't say he sucked. He did not suck. No, 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 <laughs> no, he, no, 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 no. He Who did could not, have done the job better, John? You were chilly. He did not. <laughs> Brad Childress could have. And Brad, and, and I get the only thing I'm telling you is he didn't get a second chance. Be, there's there's reasons why teams looked and listen. What sabotaged them completely was acquiring Moss, releasing Moss with, within a month, and not telling the Wills that you were going to release Moss. That's what sabotaged. Yeah, them. well, they were wearing their Randy Moss Zubas. How are you going to break it? You can't break the news to those guys. But those are some fun years. Honest question: Did he not get the second chance because of football acumen, or literally because of uh, the personality? I think it was a combination. I, I his. The problem he had from day one was his first press conference was a dud. From yeah. from the moment he he went up, I, I recall he went up to the podium, and he starts the presser, and he's standing too far away from the mic. And good old Bud Grant's like, "Get closer, get closer." And Brad and Brad gets closer, and and that was his. This is going to be my one opportunity to have this job, and we're doing it my way. And it came off wrong. What's so interesting is. Zimmer in some ways gave the exact same presser, but his approach and his and his gruffness is embraced here. And he kills stuffed cats. <laughs> Brad Childress has at least won playoff games before. All you Zim worshippers. Brad, Brad Childress never killed a stuffed cat. He, that could be the epitaph. <laughs> uh, let's, you know what? Let's keep this momentum going. And I have an abbreviated, I know you do too, an abbreviated pecking order based off the most underappreciated Minnesota sports figures, the Brad Childress pecking order when we come back. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Yes, sir! On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Metafast. Rise and shine, sports fans. Dig out your unfounded disdain because it's time for Mackie and Judd's underappreciated Minnesota sports figures packing order. In honor of Brad Childress retiring yesterday, one of the five greatest coaches in Vikings yeah, history. Keep bearing yourself. There's only been about seven coaches. How many coaches have there been? Well, you want to go through them? Norm Van Brocklin, Bud, Bud Grant, Grant, Les Deckel, followed by Jerry Burns. Followed by Denny, followed Ticey. by Ticey, followed by Childress, Leslie, Mike Zimmer, and then so if you so there's been nine and Bud twice. 
There it is. That's it. That's your list. So he's definitely one of the five or six greatest coaches in Vikings history. What an honor. That Brad Childress. What a great coach. I think I convinced you. Uh, he Otherwise. is. He is one of the underappreciated figures in sports, Minnesota in your, sports history. On your list, he is. Yeah. This is the Brad Childress pecking order. Um, I've got. I, I have four, and there's probably a lot more. I'll give you four here. I know your list is a little bit longer. In any particular order here. Actually, you know, there is a clear-cut number one. So I'll give you the first three and the number one. And this is just for Judd, this one. How about a guy who's been the steady hand for an organization, seven playoff appearances, the steady hand, never super flashy, the things he does well over the course of his career aren't going to show up as much in box scores. Miko Koivu as one of the underappreciated underappreciated Minnesota sports figures. You really hate me today, don't you? Never uh, never going to light the lamp you know, 30 yep. times, but always steady, two-way forward, and has helped captain seven playoff appearances. I'm in too good a mood for, for you to Minnesota bring me down Wild. today. Not going to happen. Uh, another underappreciated Minnesota sports figure. How about Nicky Punto? Fans hated Nick Punto by the end. Because he got thrown out trying to get too aggressive in a playoff game against the Yankees. He slid headfirst into first base. John Gordon ripped him. Yeah. And 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 those were bad. Those were bad. Yep. But he's also, during his prime, he was one of the best defensive players in the league. And if not for him at third base in 2006, that team probably doesn't complete the comeback to win that division. So Nick Punto, always Mm underappreciated. Number two on my list here, and this is, I mean, I'm missing a bunch here, but just for fun. In retrospect, Adam Weber... Adam Weber was a borderline. I mean, he was on NFL rosters for like two or three years. Yeah, he was a he was at practice with Peyton Manning for a year, and uh, the Gophers haven't been able to find anyone who can. Their best quarterbacks have transferred to D three schools or or subdivision schools. So Adam Weber, in retrospect, we're sorry, you're underappreciated. Four coordinators, right? Yes, I think it was four, including Jed Fish, including one. I think. Was Jed the the one who who decided that that he he wanted uh, the technique to be like throwing a baseball? So Adam spent the off season like changing his throwing motion indoors, yeah. changing his throwing motion and basically throwing a baseball all yeah. off season. And then number one on the underappreciated Minnesota sports figures pecking order, the prime of Joe Maurer. We spent collectively I thought Joe Maurer's prime. Glad I didn't then. Basically bitching the whole time that he doesn't hit home runs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, should a six foot four supreme athlete probably hit more home runs in his prime? Yeah, probably. He's also one of the great offensive catchers without the home runs in the history of baseball. I give serious consideration to Joe. And so we, you know, and now it's kind of a pleasant surprise that he's still hitting three hundred at this age with the injuries and with catching for ten years. So underappreciation for Joe Maurer in his prime. So those are the four that popped ahead right away. They're all in the last fifteen to twenty years. Mauer, Weber, Nick Punto, Miko Koivu. Go ahead. I have a list of six. I will start with number six. And and if this guy gets exposed on Sunday, it's not my fault. Trey Wayne's on the current list. I don't think we appreciate how well he's played. And I still hear grumbling about, well, he's the guy they throw out. Well, of course he is. Rhodes is outstanding. Trey Wayne's, I think, has played very well. So right now, until Drew Brees absolutely eats him up on Sunday, he's number six on my list. Number five, I owe an apology here, because this is a me problem now, not a you problem. Me? No, not you. Mike Yo. It wasn't your fault. 
What? It wasn't your fault. This is an uncalled. You just wow. delegitimized the entire first half of your radio career. This is a. This proved to be an uncoachable team. <laughs> it was team. legit to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I apologize, okay? I-, I thought he wasn't doing a very good job at times. Well, guess what? It was an uncoachable group. God, you were on Team Parisi Suter for so long. I was wrong. I flipped and I was wrong. Mike you're Yo. a flip-flopper. You're John. You're the John Carey <laughs> Mike Yo. of local sports talk. If you're listening in St. Louis, I'm so very sorry. Number four, this guy did a thankless job for 13 years and was very, very good. Jim Kleinsaucer, blocking tight end. That job pretty much stinks. No one cares. You get beat up. Jim Kleinsaucer, four. Sure. Number three, I'm going to FSN North, but not for broadcasting work. Well, that partially, too, but more so for playing career. Wes Walls. Okay. Wes Walls uh, checking on Peter Forsberg in the 2003 first round against Colorado. Played an enormous role in uh, in the, the Wild winning that series in seven games. Wes Walls is my number three. Number two, I thought this guy might make your list. He made nine of ten opening day starts between 96 and 2005, and we basically mocked him for giving up early home runs. Brad Radke was a hell of a pitcher. That's a great one. And people forget about the era he pitched in. He pitched in the absolute heart of the steroid era where every pitcher gave up home runs. Mm-hmm. But we watched... We watched him with all the other crappy Twins pitchers and kind of lumped him in, but he was really, really good. Yes. So Brad Radke is number two. And number one, I'm going with a coach here. We didn't appreciate him, and uh, and he, he's still around to tell us about it all the time. Glenn Mason. Oh, get out of here. Bring back the stability, Glenn. Oh, my God. Bring back the stability that you brought to Sky Yuma. We it's, don't need it to, is still we, here. We don't need to row the boat. We don't need to do any of those things. We should have just left Mason in place. What's different we the last Mason place? Okay, so Jerry Kill took over what six years ago? Yes, from Tim Brewster, who had brought the program down. And they're still so they're winning between five and eight or nine games, right, but, but my, which is what they did under Glenn Mason, except for one year where they should have won more it, based on the talent. Except they had. for the fact, if you hadn't blown Mason out after yet another, of course, complete meltdown, if you hadn't blown him out, you would have just kept that stability going, and we never would have had to go through the Brewster years and then firing Brewster, Glenn Mason. That's so bad. No. Put Mace back in place. Mace, we should have put Mace back in place. In fact, if we did the opposite of this list, overrated Minnesota sports figures, the Glenn Mason hey. era of stability where he hey. won, he went to the MicronPC.com hey, to bowl once in a he, while. He went to bowls and he won enough games to satisfy me. Oh, my God. Hey, a lot you, of sun bowls. You like chili? I like Mace. What's Glenn Mason's, what, what, what's Glenn Mason's conference record? What's a guess? So he he coached, let me let me give you the uh, the overall numbers here. He coached. 80 conference games with the Gophers. 80 conference games. What do you think his record was? This is what you want, by the way. I want, want Mason, I want Mason Place. Um, I think he won, I don't even know. 80 conference games. Did he win 80 conference games? 40 plus? See, this is the problem right here. You're perpetuating the myth of Glenn Mason. How many do you win? 32 and 48. Good enough for me. Okay. The stability of those bowl games. Yeah, bring you like back. Chili? So stable. Let's bring Chili and Mace back, and let's. Yeah. It's 2006 all over you again. Know, it's, baby. Real, it's real easy to uh, to smile and wave when you schedule Ball State That's for right. every win That's in right. that conference. You oh. have the Gophers had a power running attack like that since Mace left? I don't think so. Let's continue our Get Glenn Mason quiz back. here. Glenn Mason coached the Gophers for 10 years. How many times in 10 years did he finish above 500 in conference? In 10 years? Uh, probably three times. Once! Good enough for me. It's good enough for me. Glenn Mason, we owe you an apology. The 
Terry never should have fired you. And plus, you had the greatest meltdowns of all time. Do you know how many meltdowns we've missed? I mean, the program has just, with Brewster, just went down, went downhill. We would have had all these great meltdowns to relive through the years. Remember when he won the jug and brought it to dinner? <laughs> oh, yes. That night, I think they they won it in Michigan. They flew 05. back. He and 05. the wife or whatever went out to dinner, and he brought the jug and really? set it on a. I believe the story was set it on a chair right next yep. to the table, so everybody at the at the uh, wherever restaurant they were at could slap him on the back. Oh, the jug's here! The jug's here! Yeah. Oh my! You know what I would have said? Two years too late. Wow. Two years too late. Wow. No, Go back and win it in 03 when you had a three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. Trolling you was so simple sometimes. <laughs> I knew I could get you to react. I'll tell you what, though. That Miko Koivu, man. You can't check. No, no, Can no. we get a statue outside Mace, the X? That's Mace. the first number that should be retired. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Dave, what's coming bring, up in stuff? Back, <laughs> a lot of uh, fallout and nuggets to get to from the football game last night. Schisms in locker rooms. Find out how Georgia fans are doing this morning. A lot to get to. All right, let's talk about let's talk about a true underappreciated brand in the Twin Cities, Luther Brookdale Toyota. Been pumping out durable vehicles. We're talking about the Luther Lounge with two flat screen TVs, both 60, 70 inches, six workstations, uh, play area for the kids. Between the Luther Lounge, between the top notch service department, and between the showroom area with all the brand new 2018 Camrys and Rav4s, etc. All kinds of different models. Why would you go anywhere else? My family and I made that decision, and we keep making that decision year and year, uh, year in and year out because there's really no reason to uh, to go anywhere else. Luther Brookdale Toyota has been like family for me since the day I stepped foot in a vehicle when I turned 16 years old. Uh, so about half my life, I've been going to the same place. Find out for yourself why we won't even consider another dealership or service department. Right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd. We've got some big news. Mackie and Judd now continue. Can you smell it? On 1500 ESPN. That stuff you should know about is sponsored by Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer. Ready for a bad cold and flu season? A cold is a cold, but flu brings fever. Be prepared with the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer, backed by medical professionals everywhere. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. Pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave Harrigan. Lots to get to as far as the national championship game. Let's go chronologically as best we can. First of all, well before the game as teams were getting ready, just loosening up on the field, getting that stretching in, warm up. So we realize that U.S. Bank Stadium isn't the only brand new palace that has problems as leaking issues popped up. That first came in October of the brand new Mercedes-Benz Dome when they had a couple open air games and they decided, you know what, we're going to close the roof. We're going to fix this thing. We're not going to open it till it fixed. Well, apparently there's still an opening somewhere because water was dripping around the 20-yard line before mm. they uh, finally figured that out. And then the reason why, of course, it was raining outside. It was a cold, cold, wet day outside as people were waiting in line to 
get inside, and they had to be put on hold for a while as the president's motorcade showed up. Obviously not happy having to wait for Mr. Trump. Uh, make his entrance into the building as they were freezing outside in the cold, wet rain. You had the kid from Alabama going out to the field screaming bleep Trump just because there was media nearby. You had Trump's uh, introduction on the field. President Donald J. Trump. I'd say it sounds like a little more of a mixed reaction there. Some cheers, some boos. And then, of course, the allegations that he may not actually know the words to the national anthem. That's what I was hoping to get to. Singing along. He's. It's like he was. So they zoomed in on him, and I don't know. He had like the pursed lips, and he was picking and choosing words. <laughs> somebody, I, I don't remember where I read it, but somebody said it's like he's just repeating applesauce every once in apple a sauce, while. Applesauce. Applesauce. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Oh, weird. I did not see this. And then uh, one, one of the big, and it turned out to be. <laughs> non-drama so Kendrick Lamar did the halftime show yes and of course like old white America is wondering what is this guy why doesn't he pull his pants up and why is he just shouting into a microphone but people were worried that if Donald Trump's going to be in the building and if this halftime show is going to take place in the building is he going to wind up calling out Donald Trump on national TV well, they might have planned for that or just planned to have the halftime thing outside regardless. And they did plan place for outside, outside. Yeah. and most of it was lip-synced anyway. So unless he pre-recorded a Donald Trump rip, it probably wasn't going to happen. So. <laughs> Let's move towards the end of the game now. Overtime, Georgia up a field goal, Alabama with the ball first and 10. Let's... Let's go to the YouTube account of Uncle Lou. We call it LouTube. He's a big-time dogs fan, boys. He likes the dogs. Picture a man, uh, young 30s, maybe early 40s, in his living room or whatever. He's got a wall full of Georgia paraphernalia, framed Herschel Walker jersey, logos everywhere. He's, He's breaking down what happened on first down, the big sack. Oh, they're screwed. They're screwed seven ways from Sunday. They... Now, the announcers have talked all game about these freshman quarterbacks, right? And now you've seen each freshman quarterback here make a huge boo-boo. I mean, you you just can't do this in overtime. No big plays here now. No big plays here. Second down on the Georgia Radio Network. Second 26 on the 41, they say. Tungle Vailoa going downfield. He's got a man open. Oh, my God. Touchdown. Alabama has won it. <laughs> We just lost him in the secondary, too deep, got behind our quarterback, and the Crimson Tide. Sweet jubilation for them as the dogs are heartbroken. Uncle Lou? Second and 12, how in the hell? Oh, my God. Second and 26. How do you let a man behind you? Yeah, dude, I... Yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> I love these fans. Does he have They're kids crazy. or pets or anything? Hopefully not. What what went flying? I, I since don't it wasn't know. The equipment. It was... Hopefully it wasn't a child. Yeah, I couldn't or tell his wife what it or was. something. Oh my god! What does he point. look like? What's his he like a, overweight he's... mustache? No, he's actually looked plenty thin. He had kind of like the, the the bro, you know, short beard thing going. He looked like a normal guy, frankly. Yeah, had had he had san- sunglasses and a SEC SEC champs hat on. I love the play by play call too. Oh my god! 
second 26 on the 41, they say. Tungle Vailoa going downfield. He's got a man open. Oh, my God. Touchdown. <laughs> Alabama has won it. Dude, you can, like, you can you can hear his soul being ripped from his body in the middle of that play-by-play call. Play it one more time. You can, like, just his soul is being ripped from his body. Second 26 on the 41, they say. Tungle Vailoa going downfield. He's got a man open. Oh, my God. Touchdown. Alabama has won it. Oh, you, you can envision him. On the standing on the press box desk, just about to hurl himself out to his death. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Poor life's guy. not worth living anymore. The dogs have lost. You know who is amazing? So they interviewed Jalen Hurts after uh, uh, Jalen Hurts after the game, yeah. who got benched. He's been the starting quarterback for two years, and I was like, wow, he's a willing to do this interview, and b he's really not mad at all. He's happy, won a national championship, and. Mm-hmm. Some good life lessons being taught last night. Um, always, always look over your shoulder. I'm glad and the college kid was doing it because the adults sure weren't. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, one more on the game. Well, it's related to the game, but it is a locker room schism, boys. A schism to the highest degree. We've had schisms before in this town. Obviously, what happened with the Vikings? Adam Schefter reporting. Well, I'm reporting one in the Timberwolves locker room. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. I Carl saw, Anthony Towns I saw this. being interviewed after the game. I'm in Roll Tide. Roll Tide, man. Now that bleep you heard in the back was actually Jimmy Butler screaming the big F word. I'm in I'm in Roll Tide. <laughs> oh, my so what's Jimmy's uh, dumb question? What's his connection to the Georgia Bulldogs? He's friends with Gurley. But that's it? That's it, I think, yeah. Because he's from Houston. He, uh, he is, He's like Justin Bieber. He just is, oh, I and he was wearing I like a Miami jersey Beach, so I'm going to go to night. Heat games. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Butler is such a <laughs> such a pro that that he stood, he stood in the middle of the room last night w- waiting to do his obligations to talk to us, okay? Towns was about to leave. They went and got him back to come come back in. Cat is about about to talk to the press in front of the big screen TV. Jimmy's like, you gotta move. Move. Move over. Because he's trying to watch the game. Jimmy then stands in the middle of the room watching the game, commenting on, on it the entire time while taking questions and between comments a- answering the questions about the game. He is a hoot. Jimmy Butler is funny. This guy is really, he's one of these people, there's some who are sort of cocky and arrogant and you don't like them, and then there are some cocky people who are just funny. Jimmy Butler is funny. He's cocky and funny. But he's good. But he doesn't come off as being a jerk. And it's hilarious, though, because he's like swearing the whole time about the Georgia game. He's all mad. And then he's like, and, and yeah, no, we played good except defensively. And I'm trying to think of two people that are less similar than Judd and Jimmy Butler. Well, we have nothing in common, but I really I really <laughs> like him. Like, I really like, like do him. Do you talk to him when you go in that locker room? Like, do you like do you ever, like, have conversations with him? No, talk no. Talk fashion. You guys yeah, do yeah, talk? Yeah, we talk fashion. <laughs> we talk jerseys. We talk L.A. No. No, but I... He is, for whatever re- reason, his act really works. Well, it's not an act. I don't well, think. His, I personality, think personality, really, his right, personality really works. Yeah. We, should get, we should get some skinny jeans on this show. Some rips in them like Jimmy wears. Oh, Jim, we'd look, <laughs> some oh, Air Force Ones. Oh, we'd look really good. Can we, we at least get you in a pair of like old school Air Force Ones? And stop would they even, my Air Force Ones. Would they even fit my, my frame? Their shoes. Oh, I thought you, I thought oh. they were jeans. I had no idea what you're talking about. I really thought they were. I thought you were talking about jeans. 
Yes, I'd be happy to wear shoes. Shoes Shoes would be. I'd be happy to wear shoes. Uh, Another act that I know Judd is a big fan of, Johnny Weir. Of course, coming to another Olympics (laughs) broadcast near you in a month or two. Big fan. Uh, TMZ caught up to him at the airport after the uh, U.S. Nationals over the weekend in California. And you can talk current figure skating. Or you could talk Tanya Harding with the I, Tanya movie that's out that I still have to see. That looks phenomenal. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, Johnny, I mean, Hollywood's now making this movie. You know, she's maybe becoming a sympathetic figure. Is it time to just forgive and forget? Well, she did a horrible, horrible thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, she's a pariah in our sport, and she shouldn't be forgiven for basically possibly having the opportunity of ruin, ruining somebody's life. Maybe maybe Hollywood will give her the, the forgiveness, but maybe the skating community is harder to, harder yeah. to, to because earn that unless you're Unless you're a skater or an athlete, you can't really understand. Can't understand. I mean, yeah, I guess I... It's So she had someone take a crowbar to someone's knee. I could see how that would still take what some time. What did that sound like, Hold on. Oh, God. Why me? Why me? By the end of it, I was a Tanya Harding fan. I'll tell you that, Johnny Weir. I, I like Tanya more than Nancy. <laughs> uh, speaking of yeah, Olympic buddy. stories, let's get to one. But this is Olympics down the road. This is 2020 Olympics. The Japanese team, we got problems, boys. CG Komatsu tested positive for banned substance at the national championships back in September, but vehemently was denying that he took anything illegal. Komatsu's denial led to an investigation by the Japan uh, Japan Canoe Federation, which led to a little something. Yasuhiro Suzuki admitting that, yeah, he actually spiked Komatsu's drink with anabolic steroids. Suzuki was trying to prevent Komatsu That's from amazing. being selected ahead of him to compete in the Olympics 2020. Apparently not the first time he's tried to sabotage his fellow countrymen. In its investigation of the incident, the Canoe Federation found that Suzuki had made repeated attempts to sabotage other competitors, not only Komatsu, also by Drink such up, means buddy. as stealing equipment used in training and competition has been recommended that he be expelled from the Federation. You know what? That's the strategy I would take if I were Sammy Sosa. I'd blame Mark Grace. Listen, every time I turn my back, that guy was spiking my drink with anabolic steroids mm-hmm. in the 90s. Stealing that Mark Grace, you can't Just trust competitive, him. man. They're trying to win. Trying to win spots. Trying to trying to bump me down the. Uh, uh, we are uh, well. We, I I have a Craigslist Vikings update for you if you want. Yes, I've definitely. got more Craigslist Vikings lodging <laughs> yes. and Airbnb. People are getting in on Airbnb trying to sell their homes for Super Bowl week. And uh, Wetmore is going to come in. We're reaching like the panic point of hot stove season. No one is signing this, any players. This there's like thirty great players on the market for baseball. The Twins go sign one of them. Yes. I am bored with baseball right now because they're doing nothing. So we'll do that and a lot more Vikings as well, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Frankly, I think the dogs don't like them because, well, because sometimes they bring bad news. Mackie and Judd. Animals sense those things, you know. On 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K and 10 Miles Saturday. March 24th, bring your lumberjack best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration open now. All runners will receive a Storm Creek long-sleeve quarter-zip technical pullover. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events.
they're throwing the ball well, they're running the ball well, they're playing good um, football right now. Our biggest thing is just stick to what we've been doing, um, being great on third downs, um, stopping the run and making them one-dimensional and um, doing it together, and that's what we got to do. Everson, uh, I have another update for you gentlemen here. The What should we call this uh, this segment as we lead up to the Super Bowl, where people are trying to sell their homes or rent out their homes yeah, in the week leading up to the Super Bowl? Hey, come stay at my place for ten thousand dollars. The big cash grab. The big, ca- the Super Bowl cat. The big game, big cash grab. There whatever we want to call it. But uh, here's a lovely one. So Airbnb has a bunch of people the week before the Super Bowl trying to sell their place for over a thousand dollars a night. I thought the prices might be a little higher. Airbnb is more controlled mm-hmm. than a Craigslist. At first, I thought this was the Harrigan family. A nice, lovely home in Woodbury. Sure, that's us. Check that box. Yep, a nice, quaint. Four bedroom, thirty six hundred square foot home. We are out of the running. Okay, that, that's Scoggins territory right there. Yeah, the four bedroom, thirty six hundred square feet. Chipper, I wonder if Chipper's trying to get his place on the market. Hey yeah. man, come stay for a week. You might as well post it. You might as well. We should get it. He's going to be in here on Thursday. We should get him to uh, to post during the show. Just bring a couple photos. We can put it up on I'm Craigslist. Sure, do it in a second. But it looks like a nice basement here. There's a bunch of photos, a fireplace, uh-huh. uh, a bar downstairs, a large couch. I got uh, a couch and a fridge. Well, you're getting close. Fireplace. You're getting pretty close. Uh, Includes a large, finished lower level to socialize with the wet bar, master bath, large tub. No air mattress is needed in this home. It sleeps 10 plus people. King size bed. And all it's going to cost you is $3,000 a night the week of the Super Bowl to be 20 miles away from U.S. Bank Stadium. Actually, Good, good for people for taking a shot. If I was rich enough, I might do that one. I mean, that's a, that's a lot know, of convenience right there. But you should be thinking the other way. You live five miles from downtown Minneapolis, and you haven't even thought about I putting t- your place on I the I told you it would take too much It would take too much work for me to do it. What, to vacuum? I'd have to actually clean the house up. I'd have to move oh stuff around. No. Just hire a service. That's get a true. maid service to come in the day before. You get out. You'll make that money up in two hours of Correct. Rent. So if you could make even even $5,000 over the course of a couple of days, yep. you can hire a cleaning service mm-hmm. for, let, let's, usually like a standard cleaning would be maybe $80. Let's let's say $200 to clean the All whole right. thing very nicely. Okay. Okay, so $5,000 minus $200, that's $4,800 in profits right there. Okay. Um, you guys would have to uh, shack up with some friends. You probably have to pay them, quite frankly. So Hang out at my place. Dave would charge you $500, let's say. Okay. To hang out there. Okay. That's still over $4,000 in net profit here. A couple nights away from, and the dog, you have to maybe put the dog in doggy daycare yeah, or something. Then, so. then, then we'd have to relocate the dog, too. Yeah. Ah, she can come. We'll keep Your my place? dog upstairs, your dog downstairs. It'll she be sheds a lot. I got bad news for you. Yeah, so does mine. You've, We're used to that. You've seen my coat. We're good for that. Yeah. The dog sheds very, very bad. I do like how your hang-up is, well, I have to clean the place. Pay someone $200. I well, envy you. I, this is part of the reason why I didn't want to sell my condo. I oh, could make con- thousands of dollars. Your condo off. would have been worth a boatload for that week. I know. Can you imagine Ooh, the amount one. of money you could have made? You? I live with some regret. I know. It would have been blocks from the stadium. I know. It would have been uh, it would have been awesome. So if you if people out there, if you see absurd attempts to rent out homes, send us the links. We're on Craigslist, Airbnb, because we I want to I want these to keep coming in. So email us, uh Mackie and Judd at 15hardespn.com. Let's talk more Vikings when we return here. Specifically, their opponent. Uh, is If it's possible, I think people might be taking one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time lightly based on things that aren't his fault. 
So, and the Vikings are going to have to deal with this on Sunday. They're going to have to conquer this. Also, uh, Wetmore on, well, it should be a hot stove season, but no one, why aren't players signing contracts? Why aren't the Twins making a move? There's about 20 players on the board. And we will try to fix it in the 11 o'clock hour, Mackie and Judd. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 